following podcast deals with topics of a sexual nature and is intended for mature audiences only. Kinks and Tangents. Episode 7. Hi! Welcome back. We're back. You're back. Everybody's back. Everybody's back. Yeah. And today we're talking about threesomes and orgies. Yay, group sex. I love group sex. Oh, it's so hot. It is. It's super hot. And it's fun and it's like super sensory overload and it's it's wild and it's also very tiring (laughs) yeah but there's also a lot of baggage to go with it (laughs) sure yeah and i think that there's like just off the bat there's the sort of misconception that like if you have a threesome in a committed relationship Mm -hmm. that a something's wrong with your relationship b Mm -hmm. something bad is gonna happen to your relationship See if you're a woman, you're a total slut. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all this, like, shit that yeah. gets tacked onto group sex and threesomes. And the reality of it is, is it's not any of those things. Yeah. And there's a lot of other myths and misconceptions for guys, too. You know, right. from, a, from a male perspective in a relationship. It's like, you know, especially in the, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. Um you know, having a threesome with two women was considered, you know, macho. It was like the ultimate goal. Right. Yeah. But if you had a threesome with two guys. Right. Or one guy, it was like, oh my God, no, it's like the ultimate. Yeah. You they know. use the F word on you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but luckily society's changing to the point where it's becoming a lot more accepted. But even then it's still, a lot of guys just don't talk about that. Yeah, I think, again, for us growing up, we're, we were very fortunate. Growing up in America, yeah. growing up in Los Angeles, Yeah, in a lot of ways, like, California has kind of led the movement in the United States of being more aware, being more sensitive to people's sexuality. Yeah. Um, but we grew up with the word fag. Yeah. And faggot. Absolutely. And it's really nice to see, like, people that are younger than us not really subscribing to those yeah. assumptions about people anymore. Yeah. It's not a big deal anymore. Yeah. And I think with that too, we've become more open sexually about um, women having more control over their bodies. Well, politically, maybe (laughs) not necessarily, but there is a big push and a big movement for women to have control over their own sexuality, over how people perceive women that Mm -hmm. we're not just a sex toy. Yeah. Um, And I think with sort of this preconceived notion of oh, because you have a threesome with another dude, you're gay. Mm -hmm. I think there's also a preconceived notion that if you are a woman having a threesome with two men, then somehow you're being degraded, that it's humiliating, that these men are basically like gangbanging the woman. Yeah. Um, When I think that in reality, it's actually quite the opposite. It's incredibly empowering to be in that position. Especially in a a situation where it's fully consensual between all three people or multiple people. Of course. And as with every um, episode that we do, consent is always at the forefront of our conversations. Mm -hmm. So we're mostly covering... um, and only really alluding to and referring to consensual <laughs> um, sex, group sex between adults yeah. um, that can consent for themselves. Um, I will caveat that with saying that um, orgies and gangbangs that are um, more like forced are still like trigger warning for anyone that's listening. Having play rape. Mm-hmm. or sort of being ravished by a group of people mm-hmm. is still a consensual act. Yeah. And you should always make it very clear what your boundaries are, what your fantasy is, exactly. what you're looking to have happen. 
um, and understand that. And I think this might be an episode that we cover someday. Yeah. Just around rape fantasies and, and these fantasies where you're being ravished. Yeah. And and so we're mostly focusing just around sort of like the happy, fun, go lucky. Yeah form of yeah, group exactly. sex but just know that that is a fantasy yeah. that some people do enjoy yeah and also with dealing with multiple partners or dealing with new partners safety is always huge oh huge i would always advocate just make sure you're all tested beforehand if these are new partners know everybody's limits that's number one yeah um and disclose any specific medical histories that you might have right because you know, you guys are all having fun, but you got to keep it safe. Yeah. And I think what I know, I know that there's um, a lot of fun to be had in spontaneity and, yeah. and, and the spur of the moment things. And I'm a huge slut and I have had plenty <laughs> of accidental threes- threesomes that I was not planning. I've had lots of sexual partners where I didn't get tested. I didn't ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not to say that those things do not happen because they do. Um, I would, I, but I would still say, and would, I am a huge advocate for, um, being aware of who your sexual partners are, kind of where they've been, what they've done, asking for their medical history, going to get tested together, because Mm -hmm. I think it's more awkward to have the conversation afterwards when something bad has happened than have a sort of uncomfortable, weird conversation beforehand. Yeah. Um, so my husband and I have had several threesomes. Mm-hmm. And I've always been very big on being honest and open about what I do and do not find comfortable. For mm-hmm. me, I'm very much like, I'm down for whatever. Again, because I know my limits, especially in BDSM. But mm-hmm. it's like, no blood, no bruising. Yeah. And for me, anal is a huge thing that's very sacred and special for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only have that experience with my husband Mm -hmm. and that includes like like fingering anal play like that's just something that's like only for us Uh and And that is that across both male and female both male and female Mm -hmm. yeah that's it's just a thing that i i do it because i find that to be sacred and special and Mm -hmm. it was it was a virginity i like aggressively held on to (laughs) because i lost all of my virginities (laughs) very young um so i I, that for me was really important to make Mm -hmm. it clear and anal tends to be a very intimate thing as it is so as of yet um we have not had any sort of uncomfortable sort of discussions around anal play or like me saying like anal's off the table and the girl uh-huh. being like oh i really wanted to do anal because let's be honest yeah there's not a whole lot of people that are like that yeah um but like a lot of people are like anal Ooh. yeah which is fine yeah. and that's totally fine yeah. um and you know there's something to be said about anal play anal toys maybe one partner does want to do that and the other mm-hmm. person doesn't so yeah. there's a lot of mindfulness that has to yeah. happen around that um, and, and again, like knowing people's medical history, we, we've talked about this in, in other episodes, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't necessarily get limited to who have you fucked? How many people have you fucked? What's your HIV status? All that stuff. Uh-huh. It's also like your back allergies. Yeah. Are yeah. there certain types of condoms that you're allergic to? Mm-hmm. Is there certain types of lube that you're allergic to? Do um, you stamina, your stamina, like, like you have all heart conditions. Things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because it gets really intense. Yeah. Very quickly. And like for me personally, I always get super dehydrated and I get really bad headaches after. Mm-hmm. And that's just worth telling people. Like another really good thing, and this is, I don't think it's limited to orgies, but I figured I'd bring it up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I cry after I come. I don't know why. I think for me, I just 
I'm under a lot of stress. And so coming mm-hmm. is like a release valve. So yeah. I cry and it's freaked guys out. And and like, that's, I'll be like, I don't know why I'm crying, <laughs> but I promise you I'm okay. That's so funny that you should say that because I've had so many partners cry oh. after coming like really hard. Yeah. And I like, for me, it's like, it's not off-putting. I'm just like, are you okay? I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> are you all right? Yeah. You're all right? And okay, they're, cool. They're, usually they're like, I'm fine. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> Did you have a good time? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but you can tell yeah like you could obviously tell that this person's like having a sad cry or a happy cry and i've also had sad cries where like i've i've been going through some shit Mm -hmm. i get fucked really hard and i'm like oh my god i'm i feel like shit and not because the sex was bad or whatever the person hurt me it's just it's like mental clarity yeah and you just kind of (laughs) move through all these emotions so um you know with the sort of elevated experience that's something else to keep in mind Mm -hmm. um if you have any anxiety if you have any social um anxieties and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later yeah but um just certain types of people's personalities are also something to keep in mind. You know, when you have sex with one other person, Mm -hmm. there's kind of a lot to keep in the back of your head. Yeah. And when you start to add more people in there, there's a lot more that you have to keep in mind. Yeah. Not only do you have to think about yourself and your primary partner or yourself and every other multiple partner, you got to think about their relationship with each other. Right. If you're the third, which I have been, Mm -hmm. it puts you in a weird place. It it can certainly put you in a place where you're... um, you don't want to give one partner too much attention. I've had threesomes with a couple before, male, female couple. Hmm. More on that later. Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> More on that later. But um, I definitely felt the sort of pressure to mm-hmm. keep both people happy. And also, I wanted to have the ability in the space to not have to deal with their bullshit of mm-hmm. their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so on my end, now that I'm married and I've had threesomes with my husband mm-hmm. i try to be very sensitive to the third person mm-hmm. um and i think we're gonna go over threesomes a lot because i have a lot of experience with that mm-hmm. um but i i try to be very sensitive to what our thirds are going through and mm-hmm. almost um treat them like a guest uh-huh. and be sure that um if there's anything that comes up between me and my husband it doesn't spill into them and yeah. there's no pressure on them to, like, yeah. do something or feel something. Um, more on that later, Yeah, though. <laughs> yeah. For, for threesomes and group sex, the types of relationships that you have with those multiple partners, that can vary between different people. And there's no right or wrong preference or, or you know, method to doing that. Personally, for me, I would rather have partners that are really good friends mm. that have a like a, a an emotional bond a friendship bond beyond right. just sex other people would not even think of that not even put in considerations only you know people they've met through specific apps right or it's like a one and done thing like a one night stand yeah and again like my husband and i we've we've had several threesomes and mm-hmm. um we we were both actively seeking a third that um we could see on a regular basis mm-hmm. um i think because we're kind of the sort of people that just want to consistently see somebody and mm-hmm. not like sleep around. Cause for me, like on a, yeah. on a sexual health level, I find it less complicated yeah. just to have this one dedicated other partner. Well, it's um, like you, you also get fluid bonded. If yeah. you know, if you know they're not having another partner, if it's just you in this, in this circle. Yeah. 
and and with that in mind, um, these other people that we've brought into our bedroom, um, we have always been super open with them and mm-hmm. communicated with them. Um, a, we are only sleeping with you at this time because we're not we're not seeking to hop around. Mm-hmm. If for whatever reason we slept with another person, we will be doing testing. We will let you know, and um, and they could choose to sleep with us or not after that point. That's yeah. totally up to them. Yeah. Um, likewise. Again, having having been a third and had mixed experiences as a third, um, I've always been a huge proponent of like live your life. You mm-hmm. don't owe us anything. Yeah. If anything, like we just want to embrace you as a friend, which yeah. has happened. One of our one of our thirds is like a friend of ours, mm-hmm. and like they've traveled with us, and they're just like a wonderful human being. They ended up starting both of our both of our main thirds. Um, both started seeing somebody, which was, like, a huge bummer because we adored them, and it was, uh-huh. like, a really good um, combo. Yeah. But it was, like, that's awesome. I'm so happy yeah. for you. You know, because a lot of people um, are in a place in their life where, like, being a third is interesting to them. Yeah. And um, in both instances, uh, these women were, like, I've seen somebody. And we're, like, that's fucking awesome. That's really cool. And, like, some part of yeah. you, of course, is, like, a little, like, oh. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a very intimate experience with somebody. Yeah, but I, I guess for me personally, I've never taken it personally. I've mm-hmm. never given too much thought whether our third like likes me that much or not. Mm-hmm. It's like they liked me enough to like lick my clit, so like that's <laughs> enough for me. Yeah. But I'm different from you in that. Like, yeah. I could sleep with a complete stranger and never fucking see them again. And if mm-hmm. anything, like that's actually my preference is like uh-huh. one and done. Please fucking leave. Yeah. Because I've had so many bad experiences with people that I'm just like. I, I just need, it's just like underwear. Yeah. Like I'll just, I'll buy a new pair of underwear and throw it away. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just a horrible person that way. Yeah. But, but once we find a third that I really enjoy, mm-hmm. then I really appreciate and celebrate them. And then they're not disposable to me yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Because it's like, this is a living, breathing human. I, obviously I treat everybody with respect, but yeah. like, I really treat them as like a friend and family yeah. because they, they've slept at our house yeah. we've had yeah. breakfast together they yeah. know what our dog looks like now i've i never had direct group sex or threesome but i've had group experiences and we can get into that later uh group in this instance group sex isn't like everybody in the bed at the same time Correct. It could it could be like swinger lifestyles and having like couple swapping like couple swapping like mm. soft swapping hard swapping um cuck holding that's another cuck holding is totally group sex yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if two voyeurism in the voyeurism part yeah. of it, yeah. And I actually in my in my research I did find that um the group sex, like four or more people, mm-hmm. um there's an element to it that is also a level of voyeurism, mm-hmm. um, watching other people and also just like putting on a show and yeah. exhibitionism. Yeah. And I think people sometimes forget that part of it. Yeah. That it's not just like this big sweaty pile of like human goo yeah (laughs) part of it is like and i do this all the time in my three sons i'm just like y'all have fun like i'm gonna go get some water you guys like make Mm -hmm. out and i think the first few times i did that my husband was probably like a little weirded out by it Mm -hmm. because i just kind of was like bye not like for an extended period of time yeah i'd be like i need water i'm gonna go pee yeah because like you you're doing it for a long time. I'm dehydrated. Yeah. I need to stretch my ass. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, I got yeah. a cramp in my butt. Like, like for me, it's, uh, you know, I'm looking at the other couple and, like, they're looking back. So, we're, like, trading off, like, 
it's like interactive porn. Yeah, it's in like an experience that you're yeah. sharing. Yeah. Yeah, and I've personally, and I think this is why we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. We both are really fascinated by sex mm-hmm. and other people's interests and likes. And I think both of us have a level of voyeurism and exhibitionism to us. Yeah. Which makes us, I think, a little bit more um, open. Open to group sex. Yeah. Because Absolutely. Of that. And it's not just us, humans throughout history. <laughs> Have been connoisseurs of group sex. Yeah, I think it's not unique to just sort of the last 10 years, right? No, no. Years. This this goes way back to pre-human evolution. Oh. Um, the cousins of human beings, Bonobos, they are part of the ape family. They use sexuality as their form, uh, as a form of social communication. Okay. Um, so scientists have documented Bonobos in the wild having group sexual activity as a way to diffuse fights or even like as a way to bring people into like their sort of quote unquote tribe uh-huh. or group gathering. Yeah. So they use sex as a form of, of bonding between different individuals. Interesting. It's, it's really interesting and it's unique because chimpanzees don't do this. Um, chimpanzees tend to fight. They're very territorial. They're creatures. territorial. Chimpanzees actually have been documented. They legit go to war. Right. With neighboring uh, groups of chimpanzees. Bonobos are the exact opposite. Interesting. Yeah. It's diplomacy through sex. It's like makeup sex. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so crazy. Humans, so it's not unique to humans. It's not he- unique to humans. Dolphins have also been um, documented having group sex. Interesting. And uh, besides humans, dolphins, and uh, some, some scientists can argue that bonobos also do this. Dolphins have been documented to have sex for recreational purposes, not just reproduction. I feel like that's more common within mammals. Yes. Right? Like pigs. High, high functioning mammals. Pigs, I think, are the same way. And we yeah. s- we see, we see um, a- a extraneous behavior that's just like not productive, I guess you could say. Like play. Yeah. Play is a form of just like wasting energy. And we see that in mammals all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mammals tend to, because they they may be omnivorous, they may be carnivorous. They have a lot of extra energy from the proteins they consume. Right. So it's really interesting to see, you know, other species like dolphins and bonobos engaging in that type of behavior because it's not just humans. And I know that there's also certain species where the penis is shaped a specific way yes so the the female would have sex with multiple partners throughout a day yeah not necessarily like like a firing range like one guy after another right yeah but she would maybe it, it's like breeding season so there's this one week where they they have sex yeah and so um their dicks are made to literally scrape the semen yeah the scrape is a very aggressive word yeah for it, but it's like scooping it's out scooping the semen. out because it's literally a competition so uh, certain, ca- I believe it's certain cattle, mm-hmm. like part of the bovine family, their penises are shaped in a way where, it, it as you said, it, it scoops it out because they're, they're trying their best to successfully fertilize. Cause she's only in heat certain parts of certain parts the of the year of the year. Yeah. Whereas with humans, we don't have a, in heat period. Right. Quote unquote. Some people will argue that humans may have a mating season, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that goes into things like, you know, pheromones and there's a lot of debate about that too. But right. um, animals especially, they'll, they'll engage in group behavior because of that short time span for, for reproduction. Huh. 
human societies throughout the ages have had fertility rituals. Um, Some of the oldest forms of art are women's bodies. Yeah. It's the ultimate form back then of bountiful harvest and food right. and survival. Right. This motherly figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that throughout the ages. A lot of festivals back then were truly centered around sex. Yeah. Um, because that was the ultimate form of keeping life alive, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. Totally. Um, so there's a myth from ancient Egypt. The sun god Ra is essentially, it's really similar to the Noah story. Okay. Straight up took out most people in okay. Egypt for, okay. for wickedness. Um, he rewarded the survivors, the worthy ones, by flooding the fields with beer. Okay. <laughs> Hear me out on this. They all got drunk. Okay. And they thanked Ra for the bountiful harvest. Uh-huh. Because of that, they engaged in crazy group sex. Because hello, and Ra, beer. And Rod signed off on it. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. So Is this before or after he was reborn? Do you know? I'm not sure. It's just fascinating. But, cool. Um, so he, so, he so was that's down. the legend. And after that, they've had those fertility festivals mm-hmm. where people openly engage in group sex and dancing and drunkenness and revelry. And it's just it's just a part of the culture. Now, I wonder if this was almost like, um, now since humans don't have, like we're fertile technically all of the time, right? Mm. Like there's no like on off period for no. all women all of the time no. because we have our periods and whatnot. But yeah. that aside, um, I do wonder if there are optimal times to have children. And as yeah. a result, they kind of prefer to, you know, fertilize their women, so to speak. Yeah. In ancient times, you know, like for example, I, it might have it might have been tied to the amount of food that they've had. Right, that's precisely what I mean. Yeah. Is like that there's just these ideal times to be pregnant, yeah, to increase the success of the pregnancy, or um, I don't know, just yeah, I I I can't help but wonder if that's why. Yeah. Although I have a question about that in mm-hmm. ancient uh, Egypt, and you may I don't know if if this came up in your research. Um, because they had these rituals, mm-hmm. um, was there any stigma around swapping wives or husbands or any of that? I didn't find any information specifically around that for Egypt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more documentation when it comes to ancient Greece and Rome. Oh. When it comes to, quote unquote, etiquette for group behavior. Right. Um, actually, I was about to get to that. So in ancient Greece, we have tons and tons of old artifacts that have been preserved beautifully pottery lots of pottery, <laughs> lots of pottery <laughs> if you've depicts... ever seen the movie the birdcage yeah <laughs> there's there's a lot of group sex happening in ancient greece just depicted in pottery there were um certain fertility festivals in general a lot of them were a part of the cults for dionysus right like bacchanals yeah the bacchanals yes there, a lot of a lot of sex was involved with that um a lot of rituals involving aphrodite of course. Because Aphrodite, Aphrodite was the goddess of love and quote-unquote sexual love. As a side note, Greeks had multiple words for different types of love. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so they had uh, familial love, so like the love between parents and children. Mm-hmm. Um, love between friends right. was one. Um, erotic love was another, like sort of like lust. Like lusty love. Lusty Not necessarily love. like wife-husband love. No. So, so you can have... Friend love and lusty love, but cool. not familial love. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's a concept that we've we've lost. I don't want to get this uh, <laughs> completely off track, but 
there are studies about how in modern times we've sort of lost our community. Yeah. And um, what we used to have 100, 200 years ago was a community of people that we would interact with to fulfill our needs for um, companionship, for mentorship, for humor, for play, for all of these different things. And we've somehow in in the last hundred years, um, with our perception of love being a different thing, Mm -hmm. we've hyper-focused these these things that we need, these basic human needs, like fun and connection and and play and sexy Mm -hmm. times, and focused it on one person. And yeah. that creates this sort of tension because there it's it's impossible for your wife or your husband to do all of those things and fulfill you completely yeah. in that way. Yeah. And um, even and back then the whole concept of marriage was a lot different. The concept was more based on a civil right. a civil thing that you did for you know taking control of land or resources. Right. And usually or, bakers married bakers and Farmers married farmers yeah. because you're basically it's a business. Yeah, back union. especially especially in Roman Greece, it was it was a civil act. You're doing that for for business or economic related things. Like right. you're taking control of the land or you're taking control of certain assets that the family now owns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't truly about being committed to this one specific person forever right. and ever, and you're only having sex with that person. Right, which is why the Bacchanals were a relatively accepted thing. Yeah. And there was no stigma yeah. around swapping yeah. or sharing. Yeah, the stigmas were a lot different back then. So um, as as I said in earlier episodes, ancient Greece had zero concept of what was bi, gay, or straight. Right. Everybody just assumed, like, you were having sex with... Somebody. Somebody. Like, their their gender wasn't a factor. Right. Um, what was a factor was whether you were the passive or uh, basically a bottom or top. Right, like passive, passive or, or, or aggressive. aggressive right? Yeah, back then, um, if you were a quote-unquote free man, so like a, an land adult owning male, male, land-owning male in, in most of the city-states of ancient Greece. When we talk about ancient Greece, it wasn't one country. It was dozens of city-states and a couple of massive ones like... Uh, like Athens and Sparta. Kind of like the United States, right? Like we have our own unique... Yeah. We have like a general sort of way of doing things, but then each individual state may have its own peculiarities Yeah, they, they had they shared a, a common culture, except a lot of them were in battle with each other at various times because right. there's lots of drama. Blame <laughs> Helen of Troy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so back then, if you were an, an adult landowning free male you were okay for having sex with somebody of a of a lower social stature like a slave or you know someone who who works under you right or as we talked about pedastry right, right right very common so so men would frequently have relations with young men boys right. or teenagers we don't really have a lot of evidence about women doing the same thing we've had um a lot of literature from Sappho. Sappho's probably the most famous. She was a poet and wrote a lot of uh, pieces about womanly love. But mainly when when we see ancient Greece, uh, the most documented uh, pairings were between men. Interesting. Yeah. And was this... So we know that ancient uh, Egypt had this. Yeah. Greece had this. Blades. Yep. Uh, biting... It's okay. Like, again, I don't like bruises. I don't like marks. I don't like pain inflicted, heavy pain. Um, I love being bitten on my neck. 
Really? I love it. And have I told you the story about my dad biting me? No. Okay. So, I, again, this is this is like one of those weird things about how like stuff happens to you as a kid and you're impressionable. Mm-hmm. Um, being Russian, you're supposed to just kind of put up with pain and you get rewarded for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, good. You like toughed through the thing, the painful thing. That means you're strong and we love you. Yeah. So I'm assuming because the Romans ripped everything else off. Yeah. I'm assuming they were exactly the same. Yeah, they, for the most part, they were the same. There was a lot more um, political stuff related to it. Um, they started getting a, a lot more concrete about their rules. Right. Um, again, it was, you know, if you were being the top of someone with a lower social state, then it was perfectly fine. Right. If you were that person on the bottom, then that was considered taboo. Right. And you had to keep that on the down low. Right. And um, I mean, that's consistent throughout all of society and culture is that there's yeah. one, one person that can get away with it because we said so question mark yeah and then there's like the other person who's obviously like the other half of this like equation yeah but somehow they get shamed for it yeah or looked down upon. yeah and looking at that you can kind of say that as far as our modern views of stigmas related to mm-hmm. threesomes and group sex you can trace some of that back to ancient Rome and ancient Greece when we started seeing those specific uh, those specific rules in place right. in society when it comes to having sexual relations with certain people. Huh. It's very interesting. Yeah. That's all I have. Do you have anything on um, sort of how Christianity comes into play with this? Or... I, I don't. But, but I... from... Ex- from experience with literature the victorian mm. era was kind of crazy okay yeah do you want to maybe cover some of that yeah um okay so um on my end i do have a little bit of um sort of what's going on historically mm-hmm. um we've covered the marquis de sa in previous episodes yeah. he wrote a lot about orgies mm-hmm. um the marquis de sa was also marquis de sad excuse me was also um a, a libertine uh-huh. right libertine yeah. am i saying that correctly yeah. So, um, a libertine is somebody that is like, do whatever you want, fuck whatever you want, drink whatever you want. Like it's your body. It's your life. Very hedonist. Eat shit and fuck shit and die. Like it was basically their mantra. Yeah. Um, and so there's always been classically, and I, and I, I am sure this has, this goes all the way back to the Bacchanals and sort of this like perception that group sex is a hedonistic, greedy, sort of overindulgent thing. Yeah, it's like you don't care about anything else. This and is you all for you. Do it. Yeah. And um so I thought that that was really interesting. Um we do have a lot about threesomes in art and media. Um more modern times we have like they talk about it in like Zoolander. Do you ever see Zoolander? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it starts off as like a threesome and then it just evolves into this gigantic orgy. Mm-hmm. So there's also sort of this preconceived notion of a threesome and an orgy kind of being the same thing. And it's really, and not. really not. They're really not. They're really not. Um and I I think that it's my bias that orgies are are a little bit more private, yeah. a little bit more intimate and you have the opportunity to really connect with somebody. Yeah, and in real life you're not going to see a group of strangers and then just be like, all right, guys, I'm diving in. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It works. It, usually you pair off with one or two people. Even even if you are having, say, a, a six, seven, ten person orgy, you can only pair off. You've only got so many holes. Yeah. And so many hands. And, you, you know what I mean? You only have keep, so much energy. Yeah, like, so you're not going to, yeah. like, 
fuck 50 people at the same time. Mm -hmm. You only have so many hands and feet and legs and orifices. Yeah. Like, okay. (laughs) A different dick in each hole and then each hand. (laughs) That's five people. If you're a woman. Yeah. Fucking maximum. Yeah. So that, that reminds know. me. So so. What does this remind you of? <laughs> I'm alarmed. Complete, complete side story. So uh, a bunch of friends and I, we were just drunk. Uh, it was celebrating my birthday. Okay. And we're just just hanging out in in our hotel room, and then we're flipping through the adult channels just for the hell of it, and we found an adult movie called Fill Her Every Hole. And I shit you not, we spent about thirty minutes trying to figure out how many holes were filled. Oh my god. <laughs> Ears two, ears nose. We were thinking nine. Shh. <laughs> Shut up. Nine? I don't know. We never bought it. Oh, you never bought we it. We were too drunk. Okay. I was really excited. I, know. I was like, did somebody come in her ear? Like her nose? What's going on with that? Right? I do have to say, like, for me personally, I think I would be totally down to have sex with like three guys. Yeah. But I think anything more than that, and it's just too much. Yeah, my personal limit would probably... My ideal would be three other people, preferably a couple. Yeah. So that, you and and your significant other and a couple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be my ideal because it kind of fulfills my bi side. Right. And, you know, the whole notion of, like, you know, being with another girl or they get to do it or we get to do it. Right. Yeah. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. I yeah. think after four... It gets a little bit complicated. Yeah. And I think, again, like, when you look at the media and you look at art, um, you definitely do see this sort of, like, mass pile of, like, humans. Yeah. And, it's and just... It, it just makes me wonder, like, have these people actually had an orgy or a threesome? Yeah. Probably not. Because no, that's not, not really how it and works. No. And these are lasting, you know, maybe one, two, like, two plus hours. Yeah. And pop culture is like, oh, the guy's going to be all raring to go for the whole thing. And Could it's you like, imagine? No, it's like... Most guys in that situation for orgies, like, they will go limp and erect, limp and erect. Yeah. It's not, like, And that's, like, ideal. And that's ideal. It's not, like, zero to a hundred in one second. It's, like, it's just a series of smaller events going on. Right. Um, Did you know, pretty recently, Burning Man? Yeah. The orgy? Mm -hmm. 5,000 people. 5,000 people? 5,000 people. Now... Now we're not talking about a pile. Is it just you ask? You're asking me as if I was physically there. That's true. Or I had photos, which I did. Sure. I was not there because I have so many questions. About <laughs> yeah, this. I know. So do I. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think if you just think about it in that way, it's like five thousand people. Now, um, yeah. now I do know that there is the famous orgy tent at Burning Man. Oh, I, and, I didn't know about that. And the way that they have it set up is that they have separate rooms, so they'll have okay. couples rooms. Where they'll they'll have bigger rooms for groups of five or six people. Right, and so. um, we haven't ha- quite had the chance to do this yet, but there are um, polyamorous uh, swingers and group sex parties all yeah. over LA. All over, um, you just go to Fet Life and you're you're bombarded. Yeah, so with things they're out there, they're available for you. Um, they are very picky. You usually do have to pay for a membership. Mm-hmm. There are some that do not require that, um, but. It's worth, if you're, if you're a dude listening to this, like keep in mind, and my husband put this in a very beautiful way, so I'm going to share this with you guys. <laughs> Dicks are not very valuable in like the sexual world. <laughs> so if you're a dude, like keep that in mind. Yeah. Like the value of a, of a dick is just not very high. I'm yeah. sorry. That's just yeah. how it is in the dating no, world. I've, 
that's how it is when the threesome world. It just I've that's I've had really is. close friends that have gone to swingers clubs or swingers nights. Really, and your basically your quote unquote value of going in skyrockets if you're a couple. Yeah. If you're a solo guy, there's a huge stigma against it because they'll just assume you're a creeper. Yeah, and that's yeah. unfortunate because yeah. I think that um, you're obviously reaching out and wanting to be a part of this community because you want to yeah. make a connection. And this is obviously an opportunity for you to make that connection. Mm-hmm. So I think to assume outright that the guy is a creep um, yeah. is, is a little unfair and unkind. Um, and mm-hmm. certainly with my husband and I, he... Every single time, even if it's the same person, worries about coming off as creepy. Really? Yes. And, and I th- again, I think it's because there's this sort of social stigma around men. I think it's, it's again, the value, the currency of, of, yeah. of genitals being what yeah. they are. Um, I think it's also, um, it's very easy for, for a guy to not read the signs yeah. and, and do something that is unintentionally creepy. Yeah. Um, so I know that he specifically is very sensitive about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as such, when we have threesomes or when we approach somebody, um, I always encourage him, if, if I'm not there to have the conversation with the girl, mm-hmm. um, I always tell him, like, keep in mind, and he's very good about this, not to say that he needs coaching. Yeah. You know, keep in mind that, like, she may not be into it. And, like, yeah. make it as comfortable as possible for her to be, like, no, that's kind of weird, or, oh, no, I'm not down, or yeah. if she's down, like, answer all of her questions. Yeah. And even though my husband is the person that found this person, mm-hmm. um, I'm usually the one that initiates it, yeah. the physical behavior, every yeah. time. Um, and even when we've gone on the date... We've kissed, we've made out, whatever. Mm-hmm. I will always stop play and say, would you like to have sex with us? Yeah. Because, again, you don't know. And it's very easy being the third person. Yeah. To feel almost overwhelmed and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So just yeah, it's, putting it's, that out Yeah. There. I've had experiences on both sides regarding that. I've had a Friends with Benefits back, oh, man, 10 years ago. And I was seeing this girl um, that was local, and she she was pretty pretty wild. Um, she invited me to a threesome, but she didn't really introduce me to the other guy. Normally, I would I would be down, but like I did not trust that person at all. You just seemed like vibes. Yeah, just just the vibes, like the 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 reading in the room was just like I don't I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. So you chose not to do it. I chose not to do it. Good for you. At all. Yeah. It's just like, I, I'm i sorry. Yeah. But thank you. Bye. Thank you. Okay, bye. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that that had happened. Yeah. It's it's really, really important. And uh, I don't think we've touched on this yet, but the big stigma is that people get pressured into threesomes. Especially with a lot of vanilla couples. Uh, a lot of girls will, will go into it thinking like, I'm doing this to impress my boyfriend. Or to make him shut up. Or to make him shut up. And they're not thinking about their well-being. Yeah. Yeah, so for anybody that I I think is in that situation, whether you are the person encouraging a threesome or a person um, kind of on the fence about it. Yeah. Or even not really into it. It's okay to not want to have a threesome. Yeah. Um, Think of it in terms of not necessarily a threesome, but like, 
you have the power to have sex with whoever you want. And if you don't want to have sex with a specific person, don't, don't have do sex it. with them. Just whether it's it. in a single off pairing, whether it's in a threesome, whether it's in an orgy, whatever, you don't even you don't you don't have to answer to anyone. You don't have to explain yourself if it's not something you want to do. Yeah. Then that's that. Yeah. Um, swingers clubs, a lot of people go just for the experience. It's actually, it's actually pretty common where first time people, couples will go to a club and not engage in any sexual play. Yes. And they just want to get a feel for it. You know, meet people, ask questions about the lifestyle. And also, um, again, coming from experience, um, you have to jump through a lot of, if it's a good legitimate swingers group, Mm -hmm. A, you have to pay for a membership. Mm Mm-hmm. B, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. Yeah. C, you have to do a lot. You have to answer a lot of questions. And um, you have to do testing. Like, it's not just, like, the honor system. Like, Scout's Honor. Yeah. Like, they are very, very protective of their members. And so I think for anyone yeah. that's out there looking to really get engaged, especially in, yeah. like, group play, perhaps with strangers. Yeah. I think going down the sex, at like, a, a legitimate, well-respected um, swingers group is a really good place to do it because you yeah. have a lot of people that can answer your questions. Yeah. You could just sit there and watch yeah. at a play party. You don't have to get naked and, like, fuck somebody. Yeah. And you could potentially find somebody that is, like, legitimately safe. Yeah. A common misconception is that, you know, people that are in swingers groups are wild, crazy people. Yeah. Most of the people that go to swingers clubs are professionals. Right. These are people in the tech industry, in in design, in art, teachers, theater, teachers, everything, yeah. everything. Like it's people next door. Yeah, that are doing this, and they're doing this because it's a vetted, safe, secure area that they can indulge in and yeah. engage. And again, like for some people, um, say you're a teacher, you probably don't want people to know that you're a swinger or yeah. that you have threesomes or you know whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, coming from a place where I'm in the BDSM community, mm-hmm. um, it, it's really wonderful to be around other people that share similar interests as you and also have a respect for privacy yeah. and, um, it's almost like going to a therapist, like your therapist yeah. won't say hi to you in public. Yeah. I have personally noticed that a lot of other kinky people will also do that for you and, mm-hmm. and they kind of just don't engage yeah yeah flaking is very very common yeah unfortunately i am slightly guilty of it just because i had work the next day so i kind of turned it down so long story short um i was just getting into college and i had befriended this this girl who was a grad student Mm -hmm. there um she was showing me the ropes all around the university and we had a lot of things in common um, and she was uh, dating an older guy. And they had invited me on a random night, on a random Saturday night. Hey, we trust you. Would you be interested in possibly having a threesome with us? Dope. It was awesome. I felt flattered. But I'm like, I have work the next day at yeah. 6 a.m. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that yeah. that's flaking. That's no, just no. like, sorry, it's not going to work out. I think yeah. if you could have, you would have. Yeah. And, and they reiterated, like, we really trust you. Yeah. And I felt, like, even though I didn't partake in it, I felt really flattered. Aww. Yeah. 
It was awesome. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they, they moved across the country. I, I kind of lost touch with them. But oh, no. I know, but they, they they have their own family. They're married now. And oh, good for them. happy for them. They're probably still swinging. Oh, probably. <laughs> I would doubt it. Um, just to be sure that we cover all of our bases on best practices, because I feel like we're, we're in the middle of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to reiterate it. Um, so know that it's really hard to find a third and yeah. um, focus on making that third person safe, um, comfortable, that they feel welcome. Um, likewise, if you're going to do an orgy, mm-hmm. um, just make sure that every single person that's involved is safe, happy, comfortable. Everybody's limits have been discussed. Everybody's medical situation is, is yeah. aware. Um, and that everyone involved is going to be held accountable for whatever yeah. behavior is expected out of them. Yeah. Um, get tested after every new partner. I feel like that is super self-explanatory. Um, but chances are if you are sleeping with somebody that is partaking in group sex, they are most likely a little bit more sexually active. Yep. Statistically speaking, they have a higher chance of catching something potentially. It's always better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And especially aftercare. Yes. A lot of people don't like the notion of you know, bang and you're done. Bye. Get out of our house. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, yeah. we've had some people that just wanted to go home after and it's mm-hmm. like four o'clock in the morning and I'm like, are you sure you are more than welcome to spend the night? Yeah. And they were like, no, I want my own bed. We've had other people. And again, we've, we've gone traveling with some of mm-hmm. our thirds where it's like, we, we get to see you for four days straight. And so yeah. having that conversation beforehand, I think Helps minimize that awkwardness just yeah. so that everybody's aware. Yeah. Um, and that there's sort of um, a contingency plan. Mm-hmm. I would add to that um, having sex sober in a yeah. group setting uh, is going to minimize a whole lot of legal problems. Absolutely. And physical problems. So yeah. I, I would say this for any sort of sexual encounter, whether it's monogamous or poly or whatever. Mm. Have sex sober the first few times yeah. so that there's no question about consent. Yeah. Uh, communication. Um, and, and this is something we haven't covered quite yet. I think yeah. it's really important to have a conversation about what this group sex experience looks like to you. Mm-hmm. Why you're interested in it. Yeah. Why you're passionate about trying it out. Yeah. What your reservations are. Yeah. What you think that it is. And just be sure that everyone is on the same page about what that thing is. Yeah. Your idea of threesome might be completely different from your partner's. Right. Like your partner might be expecting that you... Like say it, it's a hetero couple that are inviting a, a, a guy in. Yeah. Um, so the woman may feel like, oh, cool. Like both of you guys are going to focus on me. And that's great. And maybe that's not what the two guys are expecting. No. Or one yeah. of the guys is straight and the other guy is bi. So what do you do with that? Yeah. It's always super crucial and important to just have a conversation about it. Yeah. Because it's less awkward having that conversation before something weird happens. Yeah. And now and it, you have like feelings that are hurt. Yeah. Um, or or everything just completely breaks and the night is just destroyed. Ruined. Yeah. yeah. Um. I would think in addition to that is just how does this affect everyone afterwards? Yeah. Do you remain friends? Do you ever talk about it again? Is this a one and done thing? If you guys are good friends, do you ever talk about this again? Are other friends allowed to know that this thing happened? Yeah. Again, having that conversation before or shortly after, I think is just going to mitigate a lot of 
bullshit that you just you don't you don't mm-hmm. have to go through it. Just have a talk about it. Yeah. Um. Again, physical boundaries, b- being sure that people know what they're into, what they're not into. For me personally, I need my shit like fucked up, right? Like, I like <laughs> rough fucking sex. Yeah. So I touch other women the way that I like to be touched. I tend to just be a rough person. Mm-hmm. Um, so physical boundaries aren't just limited to like no anal, no this, no that. Some girls don't like swallowing. Some girls don't whatever. Yeah. Um, including that like you're probably used to fucking a specific way. The other person is fucking you for the first time potentially. Yeah. Ask questions. Yeah. And be like... Do you like it rough? Do you like it soft? Do you want more yeah. pressure or less pressure? Because there's been a couple of girls that I've slept with where they're like super sensitive. And I'm like, I'm fucking done. Like <laughs> my, my husband's going to finish. Cause like, I can't, I'm too fucking yeah. rough. Like for, for me, I, I fall into one or two camps. Like either I'm super sensitive and I, I can go pretty quick or I take a long ass time to come. Right. And it's not like, it's not dissing people. Like some some partners might think, oh, he's not coming fast enough, so there's, there's something, something wrong, wrong with something me. Something wrong with me. I'm totally that person. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have to have a good discussion with your partners. Like, hey, this is how I normally react. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I think that's a good point. Not everybody comes when they have sex. Yes. not people. A lot of people don't come during orgies. It's it's an experience. Yeah. And it might be a lot of pressure. Yeah. Or you, you might be super overloaded and overwhelmed that... It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's okay, too. And that's totally fine. It's, it's you know, some guys are completely fine with not coming. Yeah. It's the, it's the experience of it, and it's the fun of it. Yeah. Um, and then I think the, the last thing is communication is great. Talking about shit is great. Planning yeah. ahead. Being in agreement about stuff. All of that is, like, ideal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always happen. No. And spontaneity can be super fun and super sexy. And I have had tons of spontane- spontaneous sex. Yeah. Um, I think my first ever threesome was drunk with two guys that, like, looking back, if I was sober, I would have not fucked either of them. <laughs> but I'm glad that I did it. And it was really fun. And it was totally spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And I literally never talked. We were, like, all friends. And I literally uh-huh. didn't talk to either of them ever again. Because for me, it felt so weird that I just really? was like, I don't want to, like, this is too weird. Now, it's now too in, weird for me. Now, in hindsight, was not talking to them afterwards, was it still worth it? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, for me, it's like yeah, fuck it. I did it, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But yeah. um, again, I think be sober. God damn yeah. it, that Absolutely. that was a lesson for me. Yeah. I would not have had sex with those people sober. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm glad that I did it. I do not regret yeah. it. Um, I think if you are in a position um where you're having spontaneous 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 sex, <laughs> um, following up with the people afterwards and being like, hey. Kind of a little weird and awkward, but, like, I think it's important to just have a quick conversation with you about, like, what happened? What are some of the boundaries around it? How are you doing? Are yeah. you okay? Yeah. Um, just so that everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Um, I know that you've had a sexual experience with another couple, and that was totally spontaneous. It was spontaneous. Now, we've, we were consider we considered each other open at the time. We talked about our sex lives a lot. Okay. Um, but yes, it did happen in a spontaneous environment and most of us were buzzed at the time. Right. Although afterwards in the morning, we all did talk about it. Oh. And we loved it. Yeah. We, we don't hide it. It was awesome. Yeah. And it, and that's, it, it could be as simple as that. It's yeah. just like, Hey, can we just like chat about last night? Like, 
It was kind of fun. Yeah. And, like, I just want to let you know, like, I had a good time. And, like, I wanted yeah. to be sure that you're doing okay. Yeah. Something as simple as that is all that it takes. Um, yeah. So, spontaneity is fun. It happens. Just be sure that you do your due diligence afterwards. Yeah. Especially because if you don't make contact with that other person, then that person's going to be like, I did something wrong. Right. And the other person's going to be like, I did something wrong. And then that's where the weirdness comes in. Yeah. I think... Uh, Shit is weird if you let it get weird. Yeah. And talking about it almost always, like, airing shit out almost always makes things better. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And just to kind of round all of that up on best practices, I thought I would go over how to find a third. Yeah. Um, Because, again, I have a lot of experience with that. Um, Field and Tinder and other apps like that are mm-hmm. a really great place to find a third. Um, Do keep in mind, again, it is difficult to find a woman Mm-hmm. to join a couple um that's been my experience um there's also polyamorous meetups and groups so um check out fetlife kingster yeah. all of those websites um sex groups mm-hmm. um because if you go to those parties a good percentage of people are going to be doing whatever bdsme polyamorous whatever thing mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean everybody is and yeah. just sitting down and having a conversation with somebody and not fucking them is totally a thing too yeah they more often than not they're veterans they've been there for a while and they are very knowledgeable yes and there are also polyamorous um therapy groups i guess you could call them yeah so like that's another thing too is like say you do engage in group sex or you're a swinger or whatever know that there are those resources available to you yeah i would say polyamory is is a whole other echelon yeah that's that's loosely tied it's to... It's adjacent. It's adjacent. Um, but, you, you know, you're talking about, you know, entire lifestyle changes because you're in committed relationships with multiple people. Right. So even that, you know, that's even more complicated than just, you know, a one and done thing. Yeah. And I think that it serves as a good place for somebody who... Um, say somebody has a threesome mm-hmm. and the husband thought it was great and the wife feels really insecure. Yeah. Going to a polyamorous group or a kink group that does swinging is a great place to air your fears, your experiences, yeah. your worries, your questions, and, and have somebody else validate your experience and yeah. be like, yeah, I had a threesome with my husband and or I had a threesome with my wife and like I totally felt left out and like I feel yeah. kind of weird and shitty now. And to have yeah. people say, I've been there. Um I'm sure that's not the case and that you're, yeah. and that you're, you're human, your yeah. spouse or whatever really loves you. And like, have you talked to them about this? And then they can give you sort of the tools to move through that. Yeah, space. exactly. Cause when it, when it comes to issues with threesomes and group sex, that's amongst the most common is the idea that, Oh, my partner enjoyed it. Does, does he like her or him better than me? Yeah. And, and again, having that conversation. So yeah. I aggressively pushed for three for threesomes in my marriage, mm-hmm. and my husband had a lot of um, fears because being bi, um, yeah. he was like, well, "What if you like? What if you fall in love with the other girl? What if I fall in love with her?" And I'm like, "Well, then that happens. Like, you can't really control. Yeah. I, I'm of I. It is my bias. You can't control who you love. Yeah. But I told him I was like, "You, we are married. That is the whole point of being married. And like, the job's taken. Yeah. Like, you're my husband. Yeah. Like." Okay, so I, I'm in love with somebody else that doesn't that mean does, that I'm not going to be married to you anymore. Yeah, it's like, okay, automatically this person's going to help with dishes and cleaning and 
that'd be awesome. All the baggage. I certainly don't want to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just having that conversation too. Like yeah. what if somebody develops feelings? Like how do we, how, how do, do we work talk about that? that? How yeah. do we work through that? And use that as a lever for making your marriage stronger or your relationship stronger um, rather than letting it pull you apart. Yeah. Um, and then I think, again, just reading the room, being sensitive. Um, and this also goes to like, approaching people to have a threesome with them mm-hmm. and I, I would i would apply this to also have being in an open relationship um be direct be open just like if you were like wanting to date somebody don't yeah. beat around the bush and be like yeah. i fancy you i would like to rub my generals against you potentially <laughs> can i take you to dinner so it's yeah. the same thing um except it would be hey i'm in a committed relationship we are actively looking for a third person we both find you incredibly sexy would you be interested in having a threesome with us or, or even yeah. would you be interested in going on a date with us? Like, would this be something that you would consider? Yeah. And, um, every time we have ever taken somebody on a date, we have always made it very clear. The first date is just hang out, maybe make out, just have get drinks, a feel. just get a feel, go for home. It. Yeah. Nobody's fucking on the first night. There's no. absolutely zero fucking pressure. Um, if that's something that you want to do, then that is cool and it's welcome. But we typically don't do that. We yeah. usually wait until the second date for that. Yeah. Um, and you want to be like gentle and like, don't be like, I want to rub my dick against you with my <laughs> wife. But you want to be like, hey, my wife and I both find you really attractive yeah. and, and we're looking to have a third. And yeah. Would you be interested? And immediately shut the fuck up. Open your ears and your nose and your eyes and like yeah. listen to the other person, read the room because what they're, what because is you're, coming you're... out of their mouth may not necessarily reflect how they actually feel. Yeah. Cause I've had a girl once tell me totally down. Yes. And then the mm. next day, like kind of be a gigantic bitch to me and like literally like stopped being my friend and like made it super weird. She was like, huh. she was like, I thought it was really where they even asked this, that, and the other, and I'd appreciate it if we if you never brought it up again. And I was like, oh my god, like. But did she say yes? She said yes in the beginning, and I just was like, I would have been way happier if you would have said, I don't know, can yeah. I think about it? Yeah. And then a couple of days later, be like, it's actually I feel really weird and like I'm not really interested. And then yeah. for me to be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry that I made you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, that was not my intention. And then that way I could be there for that person. But instead, I think she felt this pressure to say yes. Yeah. And then it made it fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. And this was not the first time that I had approached a woman to have a threesome. So mm-hmm. I like to think that I knew what I was doing. And maybe I came off too aggressively, mm-hmm. which is totally par for the course for me <laughs> because that is how I am. Um, But I'm always the sort of person that's like, I would rather be told... No, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm not really interested. Um, yeah. And I've had somebody tell me before, like, I'd actually really love to fuck you, but I'm not into your husband. Or I'd really love to have sex with you, but I'm not really into sleeping with married couples. And, like, yeah. whatever the And fuck, that that is absolutely valid. And it's fine. It's, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd really love to fuck you one-on-one, too, but, like, that's just not... I can't do that. And they're like, yeah. cool. And we're still friends. And it's not awkward. You know why? Yeah. Because she was just really honest with me about it. Yeah. And so, again, I think it's really crucial to be clear, 
Keep it short, sweet, and simple, and open your fucking ears and just let the person talk. Yeah. And then afterwards, thank them for their honesty. Thank them for their time and their energy and their yeah. being alive. And, and very gracefully, leave the fucking conversation. <laughs> because it it can become very awkward very easily. Yeah. And if, if you just open open your ears and open your heart, the other person will feel more comfortable. Definitely. I think I think that extends beyond just sexy times and more as a person-to-person relationship. Absolutely. Okay, so I've brought this book up before, and mm-hmm. um, to our listeners out there, I cannot recommend this book enough. It's available in paperback. It's uh-huh. also available in Audible, which is the format that I've listened to it. I've listened to it twice now. It's called Tell Me What You Want. It is by Justin LaMiller. He's a PhD. Mm-hmm. He did a pretty comprehensive um, study of a thousand people in the United States mm-hmm. of different ages, genders, sexual preferences, um, religious affiliations, um, the political preferences, political spectrum, everything. everything. Um, and he mostly focused on people's fantasies. And consistently across the board he found that threesomes and group sex and orgies mm-hmm. were the most common and prevalent fantasy that people had absolutely uh, that does not surprise me one bit considering as we talked about human history yeah it's just so prevalent yeah so um i thought that that was super fascinating um the act of just having sex with one other person, mm-hmm. I think um, having having group sex just heightens it. Yeah. Um, more than one third of his participants described it as their favorite fantasy. Mm-hmm. A vast majority of both men and women agreed that it was their favorite fantasy to fantasize about. Uh-huh. It was incredibly rare in his findings and his research mm-hmm. um, for people to not have ever fantasized about um, group really? sex. Um, wow. It was 5% of men and 13% of women having never never, fan- never fantasized about it ever. Interesting. So um, it's considered, quote unquote, the most normal thing to fantasize about. It's so funny considering there's so many taboos and just misinformation and just this, this shrouded mystery yeah. about group sex. Yeah. And I think three, like threesomes is the most common term that was used to describe, um, group sex. Mm-hmm. Threesomes was like the most common thing that came up for yeah. both men and women. Um, there's two main types, right? So you have threesomes and then you have like larger unspecified groups. Uh-huh. What they did was the most important aspect of the fantasy over who, which was mm-hmm. sort of moderately important, versus where. So I thought that yeah. was really interesting across both genders. Um, uh-huh. What they were doing was like fucking, sucking, yeah. du- double penetration, whatever. Yeah. That was like their primary thing. And then uh-huh. the person that was involved in it um, came second. And then oh. um, I did also find... For men, um, they usually described generic terms. So, mm-hmm. like, quote-unquote, me and two hot chicks in any and every position possible. Mm-hmm. For women, um, women's fantasies do, in general, across all of his research, um, tend to be more elaborate. Uh-huh. Um, but the women also were not super specific about who these people in their... Um, 
in their pairings would be? So in general, it would be two guys or two girls or a girl and a guy. Two muscular, athletic guys eating me out and like... Really specific. Yeah, So, it, it, but it still wouldn't be like... George from accounting and like my ex boyfriend. Yeah. It wouldn't be that specific. Mm-hmm. It would be like the sort of idealized I thing. Like ultimate fantasy. And then for people who were partners, they tended to describe their their spouse or their significant other or, or partner huh. as the center role of that fantasy. I see. So one guy in this book described um his wife and um and his ex wife alternating giving him blowjobs. Interesting. And it was also incredibly common for the fantasizer to be sort of the star of of the fantasy. Yeah. So all of the sexual attention is being put on them. Uh-huh. Um, and that is... That makes sense, right? If you're fantasizing yeah. about it, it's about you and your pleasure. Yeah. Do you keep in mind when you are physically having sex with two other people that it isn't all about you. Yeah, exactly. And um, I have found it to be really successful to basically swap the monkey in the middle. Mm-hmm. So um, having one person kiss and then the other person is like eating the other person out or fucking the other so person. So kind of like rotating. Yeah, and just rotating sort of who's on the bottom. Yeah. I found for me it's physically less exhausting that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you're ensuring that everybody's getting... The equal amounts of attention yeah the gender ratio um tended to vary Uh um so like male male female 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 male Mm -hmm. um all female all male so there was no like one specific pairing really um hetero men do prefer female female male over male male female Mm -hmm. um Hetero women didn't really care much about ratio at all. I wonder if that's because of stigma with homosexuality. It it, it is and it isn't. Um, they are more open to even hetero female women mm-hmm. are more open to female 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 mm-hmm. than hetero males male male male. Huh. Um, and I I it's not so much the stigma of being like, a straight but, dude yeah. having sex with to other men. Yeah. Um, it's actually, he found in his research that women just tended to be more sexually open in general and they tended mm. to be more um, uh, uh, sexually, like their sexual partners just tended to be a little bit more loose and, uh-huh. and less strict than, than for heterosexual men. Um, again, I covered this earlier. Um, there is an element when there's four or more people involved in a group sex situation, there is uh, an element to watching and putting on yeah. a show. So there's an element of voyeurism and exhibitionism that is now heightened yeah. in a in a foursome or a larger group setting. And then um, sort of the activity. Um, most people like to have things centered around themselves. And that's because you want to feel attractive. You feel yeah. desired. There's like a personal validation going on there. Yeah. And it helps somebody that's insecure that their attention um, not being put directly on someone else, that it's like being shared. Yeah. But do keep in mind that um, if you do have feelings of insecurity, to be very vocal about that. Absolutely. So that um, going into it, if you do feel a little uncomfortable, um, be sure that. 
Everybody knows. Everybody's aware, <laughs> and then that way people can be more sensitive to that. Yeah. Because those two people may be having a moment together, uh-huh. and that's all that it is, is that it's just a moment. Yeah. And in your insecurity, you may perceive it differently. So I yeah. think, again, like, being sure that everyone's sort of aware. Um, he did also find in his research that um, since the act of sex, uh, for people that may have, like, sexual challenges uh-huh. whether they have a difficulty coming have a difficulty getting an erection mm-hmm. the act of sex is pretty challenging yeah. so people who tend to um, have sexual difficulties they tend to not have kinky or sort of next level sex like threesomes and, mm-hmm. and groups and groups just group, out threesomes. of out of the fear of it's already judged. difficult enough to have sex yeah that they just don't engage in it and fantasize about it enough because yeah. it's like just having normal sex for them is kind of like a big fucking deal. Yeah. So um, if you are having sex with a partner that may or may not have these difficulties or challenges, um, just be aware that they have a sexual problem. Not that it's a problem, but they have more needs than the average person perhaps. Yeah. That something might trigger them or make them feel uncomfortable and to mm-hmm. just, again, be aware, be sensitive, have conversations about it. Yeah. Um, also I had a note here about, um, people with high sex drives Mm -hmm. tending to fantasize about everything more. So it's not... I feel like, I feel like that's kind of common sense. Yeah. Like you would expect it. But, uh, the reason why I bring it up is because people with sexual compulsions do not have this. So Mm. a sexual compulsion would be, um, uh, a compulsion or a desire for sex uh-huh. that is actually distressing to you, your lifestyle, or the mm. people that you're closest to. Um, people with sexual problems um, were linked to seeking intimacy and approval. So again, keeping that in mind, yeah. um, they tend to report less fantasies around novelty, group sex, and non-monogamy as a result. So again, it can be potentially stressful if you are in a relationship with somebody yeah. and you really want to have group sex. And your wife or your husband has um, a hard time having an orgasm. Yeah. Introducing a third partner into that dynamic. Um, it's not that they don't want to have a threesome. It's just that it's it's probably like not in the forefront of their mind. And yeah. So to just be gentle with people when you're um, approaching them. Yeah. To have threesomes. Yeah. Um, I've got some really great stuff on just sort of... Um, people's age their preferences Mm -hmm. their um religion and even their politics affecting their fantasies and their sex life i am interested i think you're gonna find this to be super dope okay um so i think the first thing to cover is age okay um so the college crowd tends to be least likely to be into threesomes interesting and you you would think that it would be the opposite yeah i actually had a study um, here and it was coming to the same conclusions. Like people our age, millennials in general, aren't having sex as much. Right. Because I I think it may have to do with the fact that we're so connected online and we have that community of people online, where we're not really taking that many like crazy wild chances almost. It 
I think you're onto something. Uh-huh. Um, what what he found in his study um, is that um, the average age of intercourse for people is like around 16, 17. Uh-huh. So when you're in your 20s, sex is still a relatively new thing. You've probably yeah. had a small handful of partners. Sex itself is like still pretty novel yeah. and new. Yeah. And, um, and on top of that, you are at sort of this peak insecurity mm-hmm. you're sort of coming into your own you're still getting used to your body you probably don't feel like very confident in yourself yeah um and you're also embedded in hookup culture yeah. which tends to focus on pairing off with people so that's one of the reasons why quote-unquote millennials or younger people tend to not yeah. really have group sex mm-hmm. um and like i said any opportunity for sex is a novelty yeah um now middle-aged people they've kind of sowed their wild oats in their 20s (laughs) um sex is no longer really a novelty you've been probably having sex with the same person for for years for decades possibly and so you might be seeking novelty yeah and um you're also at that point in your life where like you're not as like self-obsessed you're not like um self-conscious you've Mm. kind of reached the zero fucks point yeah we're and just so like, you have less shame around your kinks and your fantasies and you're like more comfortable with yourself yeah so as a result you are more likely to seek out novelty to be open to new experiences and to also not give a shit if people think you that you're weird yeah because at that point you're just like fuck them i have certain people that do think it's cool yeah and and you're really just craving something fresh and new um, yeah. and and it's pretty consistent across all genders and all sexualities that as you get older, your kinks, your interests do become more novel, more niche, more, um, I don't want to use the word bizarre, but yeah. you, plain old missionary sex may not do it for you anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're now looking for new novel things. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual flexibility is also higher in, um, it, when men get older. So if you had never considered having um, a male-male-female threesome in your 20s, mm-hmm. you may feel differently in your 30s and 40s. Interesting. They did find that age was unrelated for women in terms of their sexuality. Really? So yeah. if they preferred two guys... Or chance, two girls or two whatever. Girls, chances are they would keep that same, it, that they, same layout. It just wouldn't... They wouldn't be more or less flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, um, non-heterosexuals were, um, more likely to fantasize about, um, BDSM, non-monogamy, taboo acts, gender bending, polyamorous sex, all of that good stuff. And, um, he believes that this is because having a sexual preference that is outside of the social norm, you are technically already breaking a social taboo. Yeah. And it's kind of like, fuck it. Yeah. And like, so he's, like as as a bi guy myself, I kind of have that feeling where it's just like fuck it. Yeah, my friends know I'm I, weird. Yeah, and and they love me for it. Like, why would I change? Yeah, and I think that in some states, cultures, whatnot, being gay or bi is a bigger taboo yeah. than having group sex. Yeah. So um, I thought that that was just an interesting thing. Some really interesting stuff about religion and how that comes into play with um, our sexuality. Yeah. Um, People with religious affiliations tended to fantasize more about breaking free from sort of the rules and the guidelines that said religion is 
putting upon them. Interesting. So they tend to fantasize about taboo and novel sex acts, um, polyamory, all that good stuff, mm-hmm. because um, it's uh, it, it's like a psychological effect where you're you you have this perceived notion that your um, freedoms are being limited. Yeah. So you, or like you you're not want to rebel against it. Yeah, like and you're not allowed to, and it's fun. like. It's so it's so secret. It's just inviting. You yeah. want to do it. You want to do it. Yeah. Um, there is a, a one exception to this, and uh-huh. that is um, with regards to gender bending. Mm-hmm. Religion does not have an effect on that, but it does have an, an effect on um, all of the other sort of like kinky fun things. Interesting. Which includes group sex. Yeah. Also, I found uh, he found in his research that Democrats tend to have riskier or adventurous sex lives. Uh-huh. Big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Republicans tended to have more conservative sex lives. Yeah. Big fucking surprise. Yeah. But what was interesting is that Republicans and conservatives tended to fantasize more often about non-monogamous orgies, swinging, cuckolding. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that that falls in line with sort of the religious, um, religious people having a tendency to, to fantasize about sort of the taboo is because yeah. conservative lifestyles have this very strict... Strict code. Code, of which is great. Like, that, if that makes you happy and that, that serves you, then that's awesome. Um, but it does tend to be a little bit more limiting. And as yeah. a result, you, you tend to be drawn and fantasize about these things that you kind of can't have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. People with sexual problems, again, tend to, tend to be linked to seeking intimacy and approval. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're really interested in more sort of about the psychology and like other sort of things that run parallel to all this stuff, again, I cannot recommend this book <laughs> enough. It's called Tell Me What You Want. They, um, they cover the most common sexual fantasies mm-hmm. with group sex being the most Popular yeah, fantasy. By far. Um, I did find um, one last sort of statistic. Some of the data that I've been looking at is that um, a recent U.S. study showed that more than 80% of men and um, about 30% of women would be totally down for a threesome. Mm-hmm. Um, threesomes and, and orgies and group sex has become more common mm-hmm. and less taboo, but it is still not a mainstream thing. Interesting. So I don't I don't know how that's going to change as kind of time goes by. Because I feel like it's becoming more mainstream, at least on the internet side. For sure. Yeah. But again, it's it's a question of um, whether what we see, trends in porn, fantasies, do not necessarily... Like, for example, the Republicans yeah. um, in his study showing that they tended to have conservative sex lives, mm-hmm. but their fantasies tended to be more liberal. Yeah. And kinkier and more taboo. So just yeah. because you see these trends in porn or you see these um, hentai or whatever, these conversations going on online, yeah. it's kind of like the Instagram effect. Just because yeah. everybody's life is perfect on Instagram doesn't yeah. mean that everybody's life is perfect outside of Instagram. Yeah. So I think sexuality is the same way. I think we've become more open to threesomes. It's certainly the biggest fantasy yeah. that men and women of both – of and all sexual preferences yeah. have, but it is still not exactly a common thing. And I, it is my bias. I really truly think that the reason why it's not a common thing for people to do is that it's kind of fucking hard to get a threesome going. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and to get it going successfully. Yeah. There's the whole FOMO effect too. 
the whole fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. People will brag about threesomes and orgies, and then they're just like, well, I need to do this, and then they jump in not knowing the ropes of it or... Sure. Not knowing the etiquette. Yeah, and I mean, you hear it You hear it in rap songs, you hear it in Britney Spears songs. Yeah. She had that one song called The Three, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's it's we're constantly inundated with it, and it feels like everybody's having out. crazy, wild threesome sex. But the reality of it is, is like, people really aren't. They really aren't. They're just thinking about the ideal threesome. Yeah. Which is, again, a fantasy. Yeah. Speaking of fantasies, what's better than fantasies? Talking about experiences! Woo! That's what you guys are probably waiting for. You guys want to hear some some dirty talk? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who wants to go first? You go. Oh, damn it. <laughs> he had the experience. I do have I do have lots of experience. Yeah. So um, I. So what what would you consider your your best experience? I would say my best experience was uh one person in particular that we had. Um, my therapist likes to use the word relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, when we think about relationships, we think like boyfriend, girlfriend, mm-hmm. but my, my therapist has pointed out, like if you're having sex with somebody on the regular, that's a relationship. It is. It, it's, it's not necessarily absolutely. a monogamous relationship, but you're having a relationship with that yeah. person. And so this relationship that we had with this one individual, um, we traveled with this person. We had sex with them several times. Mm-hmm. We went to art museums together like they became our friend and they're still uh, a part of our lives and we check in on each other and like we text each other just to be like hey like How i hope you doing? you're doing well yeah so um i think that was really great i think we all vibed pretty well um i think for me the biggest frustration in my current sex life in regards to threesomes is that my husband is a little bit more on the insecure side. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot of hangups about whether the third liked him. Mm -hmm. Um, so my experience has always been, um, every threesome, almost every threesome we've ever had has been really great with the exception of one. Um, and this person in particular, we always had a great fucking time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he, he would express like sort of concerns like, Oh, I don't know if she likes me as much as she likes you. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like you guys get along way better than she and I do. Wow. Not in a, we don't get along story, but it's just like, you guys are like buddies. Yeah. Whereas like she and I, I think have a little bit more like sexual chemistry, but like who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, so that for me was the best experience. So, so when you think about three, some experiences and what you consider the best, you're looking into the whole connection aspect beyond what happens in the bedroom. Sure. I think, again, having that level of um, trust. And this yeah. this this isn't limited to, to sex. It's any sort of relationship, any sort of friendship or peership or, you mm-hmm. know, working environment. Having trust and respect, um, maintaining boundaries, um, communication. So this person in particular was very good at, like, saying what they did and didn't like, experimenting. And when they started seeing somebody, they told us straight up, like, right away. And yeah. we were, like, very much like, oh, okay. Yeah. Congrats. Like, yeah. that's all. Like, tell us more. Like, this yeah. is so exciting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think the trust, the communication, um, that the fact that they were flexible, that they were into trying new things, but they never um, crossed boundaries. Yeah. Um, I would say that the least pleasant experience that I've had, um, so I did mention the two guys that I fucked when I was really drunk. Yeah. That was actually really fun. I really (laughs) fucking loved it. I just, the two guys were like, 
uh, gross. Yeah. Totally not my type. Yeah. Uh, but still really fun. I fucking loved it. And, like, one of my biggest fantasies is, like, fucking two guys at the same time. Or, like, having, like, my ass, my pussy, and my mouth all filled at the same time. Like, uh-huh. that's just a fun experience. It's a fun so- sensation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that is cool, and that is fun. And we didn't do that. It was just, like, one guy mm-hmm. fucked me while I made out with one, and then yeah. the other, and then the other way. Um, the worst experience that I've had is actually an ongoing saga. Really? Oh my God. Details. <laughs> so it's, at the date of this recording, it's 2019. Yeah. So I'm taking, taking us back to 2008. Woo. I know. Yeah. Forever ago. Yeah. And I basically met this person on MySpace. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, MySpace. <laughs> and, um, she was kind of like my girlfriend for a while and she... Had a boyfriend? Question mark slash. I find out later that they were actually married. Question mark. So slash, so she didn't disclose that this relationship was ongoing. Let alone she was married. Well, I knew that. I knew that she had a primary person in her life. Uh huh. I knew that she was bi. I knew that there was this man in her life. I knew that they were both interested in me, mm-hmm. but for me. I was not at all interested in the guy and I was only really interested in her and he was just kind of an accessory to the whole thing. Interesting. Um, so right there, that tells you a lot of mistakes that I had made, a lot of mistakes that they had made. Like I should not have engaged in this whole dynamic. And that's, Um, that's one caveat to this episode Everybody makes mistakes. Yes, and that's why we're having this conversation. Exactly. So you guys can learn from my fuck ups because <laughs> I had a whole lot. Um, so yeah, no, um, this person um, was really loving and sweet and kind. I really enjoyed being around them. Their significant other was okay. They were really friendly. They they mm-hmm. really truly did everything that they could to make me feel comfortable. And I'm also the sort of person where like, and I I feel like I've grown out of this, but um, my coping mechanism was fucking yeah and as a result i was not very picky i would say that to the point to where i almost had a compulsion and Uh i covered this a little bit earlier a compulsion is something that is affecting your personal life um yeah things that fall into compulsions would be um pedophilia that is considered a compulsion now this is not what i had what i had was I'm having a shitty day and my way of coping is to just fuck the first guy that gives me attention. Yeah. That is not a healthy sex life. It caused uh-huh. me distress. It certainly affected my health. So um, I would say that I was kind of coming out of that space in my life. Uh-huh. Um, and so at the time, my standards for who I was fucking were very low. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I could just kind of deal with him. And just kind of, I would have never fucked him on my own terms. Like, if it wasn't for this woman in my life, I would have been like, fuck no. Yeah. Absolutely fucking (laughs) not. Um, So right then and there, looking back on it, I I would have told my younger self, like, that's great that you really like this girl, but um, pass. Because you really should be into both people. Again, having hindsight's 20-20, having this experience... I, I really should have just not done it, but that's fine because now we have great stories. Yeah, we have great stories and you have, you learn from it. And so the story continues. Oh. Um, so the first time we all hooked up was whatever, it was okay. Uh-huh. Um, the second time, I think it's because the first time was like whatever and mm. um, the guy I think really wanted to, 
interact with me more. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really drunk. Again, <laughs> running fucking theme here. I got I got really wasted drunk, and I think that the reason why I got that drunk is so that I could tolerate him. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so drunk that I think I was borderline alcohol poisoning. Wow. I was on tequila. Again, lesson learned. Mm-hmm. No more alcohol. Yeah. Um, and... A lot of stuff after that just started happening. I That's around the time that I found out that they were actually not boyfriend and girlfriend. That they, they were married, but they had different last names. And they were sort of separated, but they were dating. And it was just like... Very interesting More information setup. was coming out about this couple that I just... It wasn't... I, I, not that I felt that, that I was being lied to, but I felt that they were not being honest with me. Yeah. Um, they weren't being transparent. They were not being transparent. And um, the woman actually kind of, like, disappeared for, like, a week. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of came back into my life. She's like, sorry. Like, I had, like, an emotional breakdown. All this stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I'm actually in Hawaii. And I'm like, what? Why? She's like, do you want to fly out to Hawaii? I'll fly you out. And this couple was mm-hmm. wealthy. And they could have afforded to do that. And I yeah. was like, okay. And then, like, a day goes by. She's like, I actually decided not to because I'm having a fight with... Mm-hmm. this guy and they pretty much like fell off the the face of the earth like that's wow. kind of how it all ended which Weird. was fine so it's like they they she was talking to you about this and then all of a sudden she just cut contact yeah and i just kind of was like okay like and i remembered reaching out and being like hey mm-hmm. are you okay and the yeah. guy at one point wanted to like hang out with me and i was like no like i just like, was like independent of her I guess so. I don't really remember because, again, this was a while ago. But I do remember this instance happening where he wanted to, like, hang out or talk. And I was like, no, like, I'm busy. Like, I just made a convenient excuse to be like, oh, uh-huh. sorry, I can't. And every fucking couple of years <laughs> to this fucking day, this guy randomly reaches out. Just hey. Email, text, phone call, a new messaging system. He apparently he still has my phone number somewhere in his phone. You know when you like you download like QQ or whatever, like this yeah. new like phone app yeah. for messaging people. It's like it automatically your, pulls imp- from your contacts. Yeah. So I think he must have seen my contact and messaged me. And yeah. like every couple of years it's like he'll check in with me, he asks me how I'm doing. One year he was working at like an egg do- donor place uh-huh. i i don't fucking know <laughs> but it was wildly inappropriate totally wow. not okay i think by this point i was either engaged or married uh-huh. or dating my husband and i remember getting so upset because it was just like first off who the fuck do you think you are just reaching out to me i'm not i don't like you i've never been friends with you yeah i, I, I your person wife whoever the fuck she was has never spoken to me since that day. Why are you still messaging me? Yeah. Still upset about it, obviously. <laughs> and I, I made it very clear. I was like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are, like, yeah. reaching out to me to do this, like, egg donor thing, but no. Yeah. Lose my number. Stop emailing me. Stop calling me. Stop leaving me text messages. Stop it. And, and the, every couple of years, he still fucking does it. And then his his partner has not reached out to you. I don't know. She might be dead. I don't know where this person That's is. so strange. It's... Fuck. If I had <laughs> known that this would have happened, I would have never fucking engaged with these people. Yeah. I would have... It's just... 
So this this goes back fuck, to man. <laughs> communication. Communication and communication. setting boundaries and like I've blocked this person's number and he wow. still keeps finding me. So it's and I what, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like this person hasn't threatened me. This person if anything, it's that sort of harassment that's like nice guy harassment where yeah. it's like I'm trying to be a nice guy. I'm yeah. just a nice guy. How come you don't want to talk to me? I'm just a nice guy. I'm not doing yeah. anything wrong. I'm just, see, I'm just asking you how you're doing. Yeah. How you doing? Are you doing well? It's a fucking harassment. Yeah. Leave me the fuck alone. So I would say that is the worst experience I've ever had. And I bet well, you in a couple of fucking years, he's going to fucking find a okay. way to message me what, again. What we need to do is if he messages you again. We're doing a whole podcast. We're doing a podcast <laughs> about, about this dude. So. Oh, man. So. That's so, the worst experience I've so ever had. So the worst experience. So let, let's. <laughs> <laughs> let's flip this <laughs> all the negativity out what what specific activity like gets you off the most during a threesome like what what's the one thing where you're just like oh ah. i think for me the novelty of it being a different person other than my significant other so it's not not really a, a physical act but more just that the novelty of it. The novelty. Um, I think it's fun watching people fuck. Like, I've just always been that way. Like, cool, you guys are going to fuck totally fine. I'm not into cuckolding. Like, I don't want my husband to be fucking another woman and be, like, taunting me. Not okay uh-huh. with that. Like, not yeah. not that I would be, like, mad, but I would just be, like, not into it. And I'd be like, yeah. okay, whatever, it gets you off. But, like, that's kind of But just, like, watching them just in general. Yeah, like, which I'll do. Not, I'm like yeah. thirsty and I'm drinking water and I'm like you guys go ahead. I'm fucking tired. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll jump in in a bit. You know? So like yeah. that part of it's fun. Um I think having the multiple sensory sort of input of like making out with somebody, somebody like sucking on your tits, like somebody fingering you, somebody fucking you or like Yeah. Um what's really fun is when my husband has fingered me and the other girl at the same time. Ooh. Super fun. Oh. So like that's really fun. It's just like the enjoyment that you're having, the enjoyment that the other person's having. Um I feel I like that that works your arm muscles a lot. You'll have to ask him. <laughs> um and then uh yeah, I think just like everybody having a good time for me is really fun. Yeah. Um I think also is um kind of like showering my husband or like a person in mm-hmm. attention and having one person be the focus and being the facilitator of that uh-huh. um being more on the subby side of things i i am a people pleaser in mm-hmm. in that role so like being in a position to give somebody else pleasure gets me off mm-hmm. giving head makes me super wet so like that aspect of it yeah i think eating a girl out while i'm being fucked that's super fun so again i think it's that multi-sensory sort of being overwhelmed yeah that i really enjoy yeah that's awesome yeah yeah that's... but i will say i get really tired and dehydrated and i get really nasty headaches Aww. so i would say that that is the only downside that in in the re- i would say the last few years that i've been having threesomes and group sex because mm-hmm. i've been married for longer than that um that for me is my biggest drawback is yeah. how tired i get is it a result of just the time spent or is it just you coming or the amount of orgasms? Yes. Both? It's all of those things. <laughs> all of those things. Oh, and you know, I I take it back. I've, we've actually had one pretty mediocre kind of bad experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were all drunk. We really shouldn't have hooked up with this girl. We broke our rule of one date and then on the second date to fuck. Uh-huh. Broke that fucking rule. Um, her personal hygiene had a lot to be desired. 
Um, we didn't talk about boundaries. Um, she like did some stuff to my husband that he was not into. And I, I don't want to volunteer that information because I don't yeah. think he would be comfortable with me sharing that. Uh-huh. But we didn't have discussions around boundaries and um, it was a problem. Yeah. And um, I think and I'm convinced and I, I don't want to like make accusations, but I'm pretty sure that I ended up having a really bad bacterial vaginosis infection mm-hmm. which turned into a yeast infection which went back to a bv which went back to a yeast infection to the point to where i had both a bacterial and uh, oh, a yeast infection at the same time um so again like you live you learn yeah um once you have a certain system in place it's better to be safe than sorry it's better to be overly cautious it's better to take your time. Yeah. Um, we really did not enjoy that experience with that girl. Like, I had fun. Um, but, yeah, my husband was, like, really not that into it. And it got to a point. Oh, I do remember. I, I think he would be fine with me sharing this. <laughs> um, she was pretty, like, heavy-handed, which I loved. Really? Mm-hmm. But my husband's not into that. And I think that, um, again, because we didn't have this conversation, yeah. she was heavy-handed with him. And I think she bit his lip. Which he does not like. Ooh. And he, he bit her back. Because oh, no. <laughs> that's just how he oh, is. Man. Um, so yeah, I think not not that was not the worst experience I've ever had. Because it was like yeah. it was fun, but like the aftermath of that was like just... I I I was on I had like it was so, so bad. So it was a it was a major health issue that you and that you one were was a health with. issue. The, and you know, I've been knock on wood, very, very, very I've slept with a lot of people. <laughs> I've you've been, been lucky. Very fucking Fortunate. lucky yeah. because i've had a lot of sex with very little condoms with absolute strangers with people that i've only known for an hour and i've been very lucky yeah so don't be like me yeah use condoms wait a fucking day or two don't have one night stands yeah have sex sober especially if it's with multiple partners and, and discuss that before people you engage in threesomes have conversations make sure that people are not creepy the list fucking goes on yeah learn from my mistakes people learn yeah. from them because yes. otherwise you're gonna otherwise. have this random fucking creeper continue to message you for no fucking reason yeah. years after you have a threesome maybe he's a bonobo i swear to god <laughs> if that person i you know i don't wish ill will on people but i hope he eats shit he'll eat shit and die because it's just again like i set this boundary i told this person that they're making me uncomfortable yeah and they're still continuing to talk to me yeah it's it's a completely different thing versus a situation or an experience where you all were on the same page. You really care about the other people involved. Yeah. And, the and next it's day, great. And it's great. And it's just like, it's that idealized, like, it bonds you. It makes you, like, better friends. And, like, in my experience, it legitimately does. Yeah. And, again, <laughs> I've had really great experiences. Yeah. I would say that 80% of my my group sex experiences mm-hmm. have been great. You are going to have, it's like you go on a bunch of dates. Not every date is going to be a great date. Yeah. Some of them are going to be shitty. Yeah. So you just have to do your best to like stay optimistic, stay positive, And like, say you do have a, a threesome or a group sex experience and it's not great. And it's mm-hmm. your first one that yeah. can set the tone for all of your ones afterwards. So if... Yeah, it's traumatizing. It is. And you, it leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth. So if if you are one of those people that has a threesome, has had a threesome or group sex, and it didn't go well, ask yourself, 
what happened? Yeah. How could it have been better? And learn from it rather than letting it kind of ruin it for you forever. And yeah. maybe give it another shot or two. Yeah. On your terms, learning what you learned from the past. And and mm. I find that having more data points can give you an educated platform to be able to say whether group sex is for you or not. Because yeah. you know what? You could have threesomes in group sex and be like, yeah, I'm not into it. Yeah, and I that's, that's completely it. fine. Yeah, and that's totally cool. Just yeah. like some people, they try anal and they're like, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. That's totally cool. Yeah. Just be sure that like you're, you have all of the data points and that you kind of give it the best chance that it can yeah. and be safe. For the love of God, yeah. be safe and don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the day, there's no better you know entity to vouch for your health or your well-being than you. Yes. No one else is going to say yes or no except you. And if they are saying yes or no, then there's clearly a fucking problem. Yeah. Question. You've experienced so many, you know, different <laughs> threesomes, group sex experiences. Do you find orgasm better in a threesome experience or group sex versus solo? That's such a good question. Because orgasms, like for me... Depending on the situation involved or the mindset, I wouldn't say it's better or worse. It's like, it feels different. Mm, I find that I come really easily. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I'm going to be a good litmus, litmus test. Litmus test. I like how I'm using this fancy word that I can't even <laughs> pronounce. Litmus test for it. Uh-huh. I would say that... Orgasms are about the same because Mm -hmm. my primary sexual partner is my husband and Uh he knows how to get me off. Mm -hmm. I did find um, two things. One, holy shit, it's hard to make a girl come. It's really hard. Well, if you don't know what you're doing or you're out of practice. Every partner is different. Yes. Like not just like women, but people in general. Yeah, totally. They're so different. And then, um, so I would say that I would say sort of that was surprising that like, it's difficult to, uh-huh. to make somebody come and like to come in that situation. I think that I prefer specific types of orgasms to others. So like, like I really enjoy being fingered. Mm-hmm. I find it really hard for someone else to give me a clitoral orgasm. It's difficult. Uh-huh. Not that it's impossible, mm-hmm. but it's difficult. And I find that when I have sex with other women, they try Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really work because it's like we haven't had sex very often, you know? And like a lot of our thirds have been hetero or bisexual women that tend to have male partners. Mm-hmm. So they're less experienced in that realm as well. Yeah. Um. So I've found that those sorts of orgasms are not as like fulfilling or good or as common as just sort of like fingering or like mm-hmm. penile. Um. But I... I feel like because nothing really stands out to me, like I think it's it's not so much the act of coming that's even that important to me. It's just the yeah. fact that we're fucking You're fucking a new person and that's yeah. cool. That yeah. that's that's the fun part. That's the payoff. The, yeah. The payoff's not the end goal. Yeah, for me personally, like in my limited group sex experience, so if I hadn't mentioned it before, I have never had a threesome. Yet. Yet. Quote unquote. So I have talked to my partner. Um, it's possible. She has some hangups about it. She would prefer a partner that's 
more on the anonymous side. So somebody that we would find on like FetLife or Field dating, or whatever. Field or, or, you know, some website. But also she has a lot of personal history because her mom cheated on. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, on her husband. So like she's kind of, kind of has some emotional hangups about that. But on the flip side, she's not totally closed off to it. She knows I'm a very like sexual spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So she's open to the idea. Yeah. And I think, again, similar to a BDSM sort of dynamic, the person with more concerns Mm -hmm. should be kind of the person that sets the tone. Yeah. Right? Like if you have more limitations or whatnot, um, it's kind of like like a wolf pack. Did you know yeah. with like wolves, um, the the weakest or sickest wolves will lead the pack. Mm-hmm. The um, the like majority of the fighters are usually in the center of the pack, uh-huh. and then the strongest is always in the back. Yeah. So it's it's very much the same way. Like if you have somebody that like like your partner who yeah. has, uh, concerns about who this person is, how yeah. you find them, well then let her make those decisions yeah, absolutely. and drive that conversation rather than impose your will. Yeah. I think it'll make it easier for somebody yeah. to like be more willing to engage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, as I said, limited experience with, with group play, but I did have same room sex, mm-hmm. uh, with my then girlfriend and a mutual couple friend. Um, this was back in 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a new year's party. In downtown San Francisco. And uh, we were all tipsy and we got back to the hotel room. Um, we were pretty open with, you know, information about our sex lives and all that. It was just, it was an NBD. No big deal. Um, and we had two beds and then we were just hanging out, just shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. Just being dumb. Cracking jokes. And then we kind of pair off and just start making out. With two little, individual couples. Two, two individual couples. Separate beds. Separate beds. Right. Um, we were getting ready for bed at that time. Right. So, like, the li- most of the lights were off. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, things got heavier and heavier. And then <laughs> uh, I was looking at the other couple. They're kind of mimicking what we were doing, like, mm-hmm. really heavy making out. And in my in my buzzed, uh, glorious wisdom, uh, I was just like, fuck this. And I just threw the blankets out. Oh. And then I started, like going down on her. Were you, like, naked? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I just, like, fuck this, and I just threw the sheets off. Yeah. And, in, like, just in plain daylight, just, right. you know, going down on her, and then they're both, like, holy okay. shit. And then they just started doing it, too. Yeah. Yeah, and then eventually it just got up to the point where it was just, like, the both of us were having really, really intense sex and just, you know, looking at, like, at each other the entire time. That's so fun! It was so fun. And then the the one visual, oh, my God, the one visual was, uh, so I'm going at it from behind doggy style uh-huh. and she's going like crazy. Like uh-huh. she's about to come and then look at the other side and sh- they're doing it too. And then she's freaking out and like, we both lock eyes uh-huh. and like the look on her eyes is just like, holy shit. Like, That's so I can't awesome. believe I'm doing this. And then like, literally like she was about to come right there and like her eyes just started rolling back and she looked like she was about to scream uh-huh. and like, she was just like died that's so fun it was so fun and then afterwards it was just like we were just joking about it and like we were just talking again randomly and then we all just passed out yeah and then you woke up the next morning like it was normal yeah 
Yeah, it was it was amazing. That's so cool. It was so cool. I would love to do something like that. Yeah. I feel like I've never really had the opportunity. And again, I think that's why threesomes and, and orgies and whatnot are not that common. Yeah. Because you just don't have that many opportunities for that to happen. Yeah, and I think I got really lucky because I feel like I'm... You know, I'm very nonchalant and very open about my sexuality, but like I have a very positive hold on it. Mm-hmm. And I feel lucky that I was with another group of people that also shared that same mindset. Because I feel like if there was at least one person that was inhibited or felt weird, then things could have gone a lot differently. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. guys got lucky. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Uh, it was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you can do that again. Yeah. Oh, I really hope so. Yeah. I That's feel cool. like, uh, unfortunately for me, like my husband is a little bit more on the conservative side and I really mm. don't think he'd be down. Like he's just not comfortable with me being like topless around other people. Yeah. And like for me, it's like I could be naked in front of like a group of people and be like, whatever. Yeah. Want to see my birthmark? Like I just, yeah. I don't care. And like he does because mm. my, my naked body for him is a very special thing. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. I think when um, you don't align and you just, you have to adjust for the common denominator yeah. because yeah. it's just like, otherwise you're just in, inviting drama. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that ties back to communication because a lot of people go into threesomes with that mindset where it's like, I'm doing this to appease my partner. Right. And then also um, another thing to consider, um, and they talk about this in the book, um, a, a couple basically had uh, the, the, the wife's friend had spent the night mm-hmm. and um, she basically like encouraged her friend to come have a threesome with her and her husband. Uh-huh. So it was like kind of a spontaneous fun thing. Uh-huh. Had a great time, all that good stuff. And they didn't really discuss it afterwards, the wife and the husband. Mm-hmm. And so the husband assumed that they were now in an open relationship. And because he had had sex with this friend mm-hmm. in a threesome setting, that it was okay for him to have sex with that woman without uh-huh. the wife. And yeah. the wife was upset. Mm-hmm. And so Clearly. I think it's, yeah, because in the context of a threesome, it was okay for him to sleep with the friend. Mm-hmm. But if he's having sex with the friend without the wife there or the wife knowing, that's not okay. No. So I think, again, like having those conversations with people, especially, again, you're having spontaneous sex, which is super fun and hot, having a debriefing after and say, Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'm asking for the sake of clarity, for the sake of respecting you, where are we at on this? Yeah. And again, always... Be honest. Being honest. And if you're in the middle of having a threesome or an orgy or whatever, and you want to stop, then you fucking stop. If yeah. one person says, I'm done, or whatever, then you're fucking done. Yeah. Reassess. Make sure everything everything's okay. And, you know, again, like, even if the person is like, I'm done, I'm cool, I'm fine, check in with them the next day. Check in with your partner. Check in with... You have multiple people... Check in with every single person and make sure that everybody's doing okay because that's just the right thing to do and it'll Uh minimize awkwardness. And again, like have those conversations about, is it cool if we continue to talk to this person? Mm -hmm. Would you be interested in having a threesome with this person again? Yeah. 
would you be cool with me pairing off with this person individually? So, for example, when my husband and I first started doing threesomes, mm-hmm. I asked and said, how do you feel about us pairing off with this person individually? Yeah. Yay or nay? Mm-hmm. Don't know. And I, I can't remember what he said. Mm-hmm. I think he said that for him it was weird. And then weird, for me, just weird in general, or depending if the other person's female or male. Um, for sure, he's not okay with me sleeping with another dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's come around to me being with another woman without mm-hmm. him around, but I think at the time when I brought that up, he was not comfortable with me pairing off with a woman solo. Uh-huh. Um, and I expressed like I don't really care, like if that's what you want to do, I just would want to know like don't keep it a secret for me yeah don't feel the need to hide it yeah and um as with anything and i think this is more going into polyamory and whatnot um if you are a couple um always make sure that your your relationship is the primary focus yeah and um my husband and i have done this we're like you know there's there's springs and winters in every relationship Mm -hmm. so when we've gone through sort of a winter and things are not super great we don't have threesomes because yeah. we need to focus on our relationship. So yeah. that's the other thing too, is again, having those conversations about, can we hook up with that person individually? Can we talk to that person without this other person being in the text? And it can be yeah. something as simple as like, Hey, did you watch this TV show? Yeah. Because you don't know the context of what that conversation is. You yeah. might feel jealous and be like, well, why are you having this conversation without me? Yeah. And that has happened where I'm like, hey, so-and-so is texting me. Yeah. And then showing my husband the conversation and being like, we're having a conversation about our favorite Korean pop star. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But just keeping that open and transparent, I think, is always a good policy. Absolutely. So I think that's everything. That is everything. Man, that, we, we went over a lot of stuff. Did a lot do, of info. Did we do another two-hour episode? Uh, let me check the timestamp. And yeah, we, we crossed two hours. Damn it. At this, at this recording point. <laughs> well, welcome to another two-hour episode, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it was informative. I thought it was a little scintillating. Yeah. Yeah. We, we typically tend to focus on uh, facts. Yeah. And so yeah. it's been fun to kind of share yeah. what our experience Yeah. Are. I'll leave you on a funny note after my group sex experience. Um, so I came twice that night. Oh. And the following morning I had sciatica pain. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. From from my my legs just being dead. Yeah. Yeah. So be careful, guys. Stretch and hydrate. Stretch and hydrate. That's that's <laughs> what I'll leave you with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll we'll have some awesome topics for future episodes. Yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye. Kinks and tangents.